Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. There is a word especially for you when you think you're about to give up. Good morning. Welcome once again to our weekly internet program. I'm your host, Brother Joel Lewis, and you are listening to Free on the Inside, an internet program to inform you and to encourage you and to challenge you to be all you can be in Christ Jesus. Oh, we're in for a great time this morning. We're in for a great time. We have a guest that's going to come on here in just a few minutes here. He's a, a good friend of mine. He's an author. He's a motivational speaker, and his name is Mr. Miguel, and he's going to come on and he's going to talk to uh, us about his book that he wrote, but we're gonna let him dis, uh, describe that, and and we're gonna let him come on and just share what God is doing in his life. So the next voice you'll hear will be Mr. Miguel. Good morning, Mr. Miguel. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome once again to our internet program. You're no stranger to our show, so thank you for coming. No, back no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I'm considering myself a friend of the show. <laughs> I can see you being a friend also. <laughs> you know what? We'll be we we'll be out in the in the missionary field. I would say it that way since the last time you had been on this show. You know, uh-huh. we went over to the Boys and Girls Club, and you presented your book, and you were able to share with the young people how important it is to do what what they need to do regarding education. But I want you to yeah. talk about that because now school is starting up again, and sometimes people are lost. You know, they trying to figure out yeah. what to do. So, will you? Hey, please reintroduce yourself and tell us about your book. Okay. Uh, well, the book that I've written is called Finishing Four, and it's 10 steps to graduating college in four years. And the whole purpose of the book um, is to help uh, incoming college students to have a plan, have a 10-step plan to be able to graduate school in four years. Unfortunately, most students who uh, start college, Uh, do not finish in four years. Uh, The national average right now is actually, uh, and get ready for this, Joe, it's only 50% actually finish in six years. So it normally Hmm. takes students six years to graduate, and only about 50% of those students actually do it in, in, in six years. The rest of the students either take longer than six years or don't graduate at all. It's very common for colleges to have four-year completion rates that are like 30% of the students, 25% of the students graduate in four years. Um, This is something that's not publicized. It's something that uh, a lot of universities don't necessarily like to discuss uh, for for obvious reasons. Um, uh, It's it's a problem. I mean, I I would dare say it's epidemic. And I think it's just recently that our uh, public officials and and uh, and uh, people in, at at the universities and and administrators and faculty have seen this as a big problem. One of the big issues now is I know when I was going to school, uh, if you didn't finish in four years, you know, oh well, you know, you felt like uh, you know, college is your time to explore. You know, you take a little longer. You know, the economy was good. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't, at least it wasn't looked at as uh, a problem if you didn't necessarily finish in four. But today, the whole game has changed. And with the economy that we're in today and with the, uh, the dynamic that students are paying so much more money to go to school with school loans and and uh, and higher tuition and um, just I mean the whole thing has just become a lot more costly to go to college. So uh, nowadays it's just not prudent for students to uh, waste time um, uh, in college longer than they have to be there. So it, it has become uh, almost completely necessary for a student to uh, think about 
graduating college on time and uh, uh, being able to uh, use their time effectively while they're in school um, in order to uh, get the most out of college while they're in there, but, but again, graduating college on time. So that's what the book is all about. Uh, I originally wrote the book um, in 2010. I was working as a, a student retention uh, uh, coordinator at East Stroudsburg University in Pennsylvania. Um, uh, I uh, have, you know, my, my background is, is I've done student recruitment. I've worked with uh, veterans in, in all, at universities. I've, uh, I've done student retention. Um, so I've worked in a, in a, a lot of different kind of uh, jobs at the university, all trying to help students to graduate college in one way, shape, or form. But at the time, I was tasked with uh, sort of helping the students at East Stroudsburg University to graduate, um, you know, on time, to graduate hopefully in four years. Um, our retention rate was, was uh, not great, and uh, we, we wanted to do something about it. And so uh, one of my first tasks was to, to try to think of some ways to help the students. And I immediately thought, well, let, let me get a book that will help these students to, that they could read, that a, that, a, that a nice short book that they won't mind reading, that we can give to our incoming freshmen, and we can sort of, sort of help them to start thinking about graduating college in four years and so they don't take, take it for granted that, that, that they're going to do this. So I, I searched and I searched and I searched. I, I went on Amazon and I searched and I went to Barnes and Nobles and, and I just kept looking for a book that would be able to give me the information that I needed to uh, transfer to the students. And, you know, I couldn't find a book out there. So, uh, I, you know, I spoke to my uh, bosses and, and the folks there at East Strasburg and I, and I said, you know what, the book's not there, so I'm going to go ahead and write it. And, and that's what I did. I, I, I spent 2010 writing the book. And uh, uh, and uh, this past May, we uh, uh, published it. So it's been uh, it's been exciting, Joe. I'll say that. Yes, it has been. And you know, and as I was thinking about the book, there, you know, uh, as you're doing your research, you notice that the that the needs and the purpose hadn't changed over the years. No, no. You know what? It's it's kind of funny, but. The retention rate, and when I say retention, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, administrative term, college administrative term, where, you know, we're saying we're trying to retain students, we're trying to keep students at the university and, and graduate them. But retention rates have not changed uh, in, in 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 the past 30 years or something like that. So exactly, you know, yes. we're, the, the, we're we're not. We've done a really good job of helping students to get to college. I'll say that we we have. Um, I, I again, I was, you know, in the forefront of student recruitment. I actually worked with, you know, general population of students as well as minority students, and uh, I've worked in the inner cities and um, uh, with disadvantaged students, helping them to go to college. And you know, in our country, and and uh, our our colleges have really done a good job and opening up the doors to a college education for everyone. Uh, we, yes, uh, I mean, we have. Uh, it, you, there is no argument there. Um, I know at East Stroudsburg, uh, they made big strides in uh, recruiting minority students and, and uh, helping minority students to come into the university and, and increase those uh, rates of minority students and, first-generation college students and, and uh, young ladies. We've done a wonderful job with young ladies uh, going to college now. Be, uh, you know, to be quite frank, women um, are, you know, top men in, in uh, college, you know, going to college. I mean, they're, nowadays it's not uncommon that there will be 60% women in an incoming class and 40% uh, men. I mean, you know, that's, that's not strange. So we've done some really good work um, helping students to get to college. Unfortunately, we haven't spent as much time or effort um, in helping them to graduate. And uh, that's where uh, I think the next step um, is, is uh, I think that's going to be the, the 
the forefront of the battle for the next year, uh, years to come is, okay, now we, we, you know, students know they need to get to college. These, these days, it's not like when I was, uh, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago where you can actually, or even 40, 50 years ago, where you can actually get a job without going to college. Uh, these days, it, it's almost a prerequisite that you, you get a college degree. So yes, it since is. That's the, yeah, since that's the case, you want to make sure, uh, uh, we want to make sure as administrators and, and, um, and even uh, uh, the students themselves, we want to make sure that they spend their time wisely. So, um, again, uh, we wrote Finishing Four and we published Finishing Four because it wasn't out there. There was nothing out there like it. There still isn't anything out there like it. Um, I have, uh, you know, uh, in my research, I've, I've uh, uh, you know, searched and searched in all the different books out there. Most books are either geared towards academics, you know, folks that are uh, faculty or administrators, or, you know, they talk about the subject of retention rates. But there, there's no book out there that's actually a, a, a guide to the actual student. And I'll tell you, working with college students, they're they're, they're students. They're young people. Um, they they don't they wouldn't want to necessarily read a big old textbook uh, uh, about you know how to graduate college in four years. They, they you know you want something quick. You want something easy. Um, the book was uh, 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 created to be able to be read on an iPad or. Um, or read on your smartphone. It's uh, it's only 64 pages, and half of those pages are these beautiful pictures that we have. So it, it's a very short, quick read, but it, it packs a big punch, and and it gets to the gist of of, of the issue and, and you know helping the student. Uh, number one, I mean the biggest, uh, the the longest chapter is chapter one, which is. A, uh, you know, having a plan to graduate college in four years. And this is one of the things that I, I realize is that most students, uh, you know, they, they, they come in as freshmen um, and, you know, they're all excited and ready for school. And, 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 and you know they're smart already. They're in college, so academically they shouldn't have an issue. Uh, but they don't, they're not necessarily thinking of how can I graduate college in four years? That's not the number one thought that a college student comes in to college. Some do, but most don't. Most are thinking about, you know, their classes. Uh, they're thinking about tuition. Um, they're thinking about partying, which is, you know, <laughs> you know, that's common. They're thinking about girls. They're thinking about boys. But they're not thinking about, you know what, how can I get the most out of my college education um, as well as uh, graduate uh, on time. So this is something that if you're a parent um, or if you're uh, someone that has, uh, that, you know, if you know someone that is going to college, this is a great book to get them uh, right at the beginning of their college journey. So maybe when they graduate high school, uh, maybe when, um, you know, right before, you know, they, 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 uh, get on that bus to go to college in in August. Uh, you know, this is a great book for them to read on the way up to school, or read uh, you know during that first week of school. So it, it'll set their minds to uh, uh, being successful and and what kind of game plan they they need to have. I mean, in every in every aspect of life, if you're going to be successful, you have to have a plan. And, uh, you know, having a plan to graduate college uh, and finishing college on time is, is no different. I mean, if you don't have a plan, then you're probably not going to do it. And uh, so that uh, is, I think, the most important chapter in the book. Um, um, the other chapters are very important as well, but having a plan is just pinnacle to uh, being able to be successful in college. If you, if you don't, college is very um, and this is something else I tell my students, and, and when I get a chance to uh, speak to students and and talk to them about, uh, you know, being successful in college, I say college is very different than high school. Um, in high school, basically, if you show up and you pass your classes, they're going to guide you through that process, and you're going to be successful. All you have to do is show up and, you know, behave and 
pass your classes, and, and they have it all plotted out for you. It's, it's, you know, it's fairly easy. But college is not like that. College is you are in the driver's seat. Um, if you don't show up to class, you don't show up to class, and there's not going to be anybody knocking at your door or, or you know, you know, sending necessarily letters home to your parents. Um, you know, you're an adult, and, 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 and to a large degree, your parent is not responsible for you as, you know, as far as the college is concerned. So, therefore, you know, it's all up to you. So you sink or swim based on what you do. And, and if you don't show up to class, if you don't do your work, if you, if you stay up late the previous night and, and decide to skip class in the morning and, and uh, you know, if you, if you just don't do the right thing, you will suffer the consequences. And there won't be anybody, there, there's no real safety net there to, uh, to help you at most universities. Um, I, I actually know that at several universities, many universities, you don't get to meet your academic advisor until your second or third semester. Um, and many students actually, many freshmen especially, they struggle that very first semester. That's the most pinnacle time that you need to get a hold of your, um, your, your advisor at a university. And there are advisors at most universities, but it's, it, but it's up to you to find them. So it's not like uh, you're going to, you know, be uh, necessarily given those tools from the onset uh, when you start school, it's, you know, it's up to you to find it. So with that responsibility comes a whole lot of, of uh, you know, there's uh, a larger chance of you not being successful if you don't have a plan. So it's very important that you go in there with a very mature attitude and, and, and just understanding that, you know, a lot of this is going to fall on your shoulders. You're going to sink or swim based on, what you do and what you don't do. So, yes, yes, you're so right. And as you was uh, sharing with us here, I was just writing, making some notes here, and you were saying having a plan, and we emphasize that. How frustrating is it for a student as you recruiting and as you talking to them about their plans that they don't have a plan? Well, it, it is. I, I think it's frustrating um, for students. I, I think a lot of times. I don't even think they're, Joe, they're aware that they need a plan. <laughs> I, I, like, like right, I, I know what you're saying because, yeah, you're so right. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think it's kind of like they've never been in college. If someone is, is now going to college for the first time, they're a freshman or even a transfer student, um, they, they've been successful in high school already. So they've, they've navigated that, um, that educational system that high school educational system, uh, but but really they're going into a brand new educational system, and college is optional. It's still not something that you have to go to. So it's it, the way it, it's set up, it's set up so differently than high school. Um, really, in high school, the only plan you need to have is go to class, do your work, you know, don't mess up, and you know, follow the rules. And they're going to guide you through that whole process. So exactly. You're not, exactly. You're not going to have an issue. Um, but college is different. I mean, you're not you're not going to get the kind of guidance that you had in high school. And uh, there's a there's a saying that I that uh, there's something I said in the book. It, I say cockiness is next to dumbness. And I say that um, <laughs> in speaking about students who, who go to college thinking because they were successful in high school that they're automatically going to be successful in college. And that's a cockiness that is based on a success of, of a, a, a prior success, which is, which is good success. I mean, it's great you graduated high school, but, it, it, but it's almost meaningless when you start to think about college. Uh, the the whole dynamic of college is different, and students should be weary or should be scared when they start college. I think there's a good uh, there's there's a a healthy sense of fear that needs to happen with students and apprehension and and just realizing you know what I'm not in Kansas anymore to quote the Wizard of Oz uh, I'm not uh, <laughs> this I'm in a different kind of place and you know and those students that are normally uh, uh, 
So if, uh, if a student has that kind of apprehension and that kind of fear and almost kind of like a, whoa, what, a, what a, you know, I need help here, then they're in a good position to, to be able to uh, navigate the waters um, as opposed to a student who thinks, oh, this is just like high school. You know, I'm going to be able to whiz by. I, 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 I was able to, uh, you know, go through high school with, little or no studying, and I, I got A's, and, you know, and that's not going to be the case in college. And, and, and uh, that's, uh, you're going to work a lot harder in college. The, the work is harder. The, the professors are professors and not teachers. Um, so it, it's a whole different atmosphere. And uh, I think uh, the more students know this, the the – uh, the better it is for them. The, the more students that are prepared for this change and for this uh, for this uh, cultural change, um, in, in, in uh, you know, uh, with college uh, as opposed to high school, uh, the better it is for them. I know one of the challenges is uh, I'm a first generation college student, Joel, and what that is is uh, basically neither one of my parents went to college. So um, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for first-generation college students and any any student that that is non-traditional in a sense. Uh, um, you know, hundreds of years ago, uh, you know, universities were for the rich. They were for folks that could afford to pay for college. Um, yes, so they most were. people that went to college, they they you know their families were wealthy. Maybe their both of their parents went to college. At least one of their parents went to college. So it was kind of you, you had that kind of help from home, that kind of guidance. I know when I went to college, um, I didn't have that guidance. Uh, you know, God bless my mother. You know, she helped me financially. Um, she uh, supported me the best way that she could, but she didn't go to college herself, and uh, neither did my uh, father. So neither one of them could actually give me uh, practical help you know, on, you know, what to do, you know, about this professor or what to do, you know, about this particular situation. I mean, they just couldn't help me. And so, therefore, I was really on my own when I went to college, when I started college. I was lost. Um, this was – I had no reference point whatsoever. I had never been in the college atmosphere. Um, all I could do was assume that it was uh, – <laughs> like high school, because that's the only reference that I had. I had high school, and it wasn't. And therefore, I struggled. I struggled in uh, my first year of college was, was, was so difficult. I made so many different mistakes, and I, and I, uh, you know, and I just didn't have anybody to really help me. I don't, I don't think I met my advisor myself until I was in my third year of, of, of uh, college, and uh, I, I didn't realize how important um, it was until uh, I was a senior, and I was like, you know what, I need to get out of here. Um, I need to be talking to someone about, you know, uh, how I can graduate. And But I just remember the struggle, and I, I put all of that, and I remember all of that, and I put those kind of things in the book because, you know, I know how it feels to be a first-generation college student and not have the support from home. And um, it is one of the you know, most daunting things in the world not to have guidance and uh, not to have a mentor. So it's it's even more important for first-generation college students, to, um, if you're one of them, to find your advisor right away, uh, get into a mentoring program, um, you know, find someone, you know, a family friend or a relative who has graduated college and seek their help, seek their advice, um, it, it's uh, it's it's so important, and um, another, you know, most of the students that are not graduating on time are those first generation college students that don't have the guidance from home. If your parent has graduated from college, like you know my daughter, she's in college, and you know if she if she has an issue with school or financial aid or or, or whatever, I mean at, at least she has me. And she has my wife who graduated school. We were able to help her. We were able to guide her in a very practical sense. Even if I didn't write this book, even if I didn't work for a university, just the fact that I graduated from college, you know, put, just 
just gives me that kind of wisdom um, to say, well, you can do this or, or don't do that. And so it puts my uh, daughter in a very good position to to be able to navigate the landscape where, you know, if, if, yes, it does. if you're someone, yes. yeah, if, if you're someone that doesn't have, um, you know, a college graduate in the family or parent, then, then you know, you're just at a disadvantage. And, and, and that's, just, that's just how it is. And uh, then you have to compensate, and you have to find a way to be successful. And if you don't... Yes, you do, you do. Then, yeah, you, you do. I mean, you have to find a way to be successful. You can't use it as an excuse, hey, your parents didn't go to college. Mine didn't go to college. You know, a lot of my friends' parents didn't go to college that I was in school with. Most of my friends, they were all first-generation college students, and they graduated, and we did it, and, you know, some took longer than others, and, you know, but it's, it, you know, the, it, you, you have to sort of find a way to be successful. Amen. Mr. McGill, we're going to break right here just for a second. We're going to do a little promo. We got a caller on sure. the line, so hold on, caller, and then we're going to bring you right back. Okay? All righty. Good morning. My name is Gray Bun, and I am 11 years old. You're listening to Free on the Inside, my papa, Diggy Joe Lewis. Good morning. Welcome again to our weekly Internet program. This morning we have a great guest on the line, uh, Mr. Miguel. He's an author and a motivational speaker, and he's and the book that we're talking about this morning is Finishing in Four. You know, as a college students going, uh, preparing to go to college or uh, in college, sometimes they have a difficult navigating the system. They have a difficult time getting out. And Mr. Miguel has wrote a book that's very dirty. It's hard to try to help the students along the way that they should be able to finish the task at hand. I'd like to give you this uh, our call-in number where you two can join in the conversation. That number would be 310-982-4126. Again, that number is 310-982-4126. And uh, please take advantage of that number. Please uh, take advantage of the programming that we offer here on Blog Talk Radio, free on the inside, because it makes a difference. And we're going to bring Mr. Miguel back on here shortly, but we do have a call on the line. I ask you, caller, just be patient because we want uh, Mr. Miguel to uh, be able to go ahead and share everything he has. We're going to bring the call in just a few right before he gets off uh, uh, this here program in case you have a question to ask him. Mr. Miguel. Yes, sir. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you. Now, as we get ready to wind down this here program, what you said, you said some things that really resonated was that as a student makes plans, that, you know, and when they start changing courses, it's very difficult, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of complete those trips. How much of a challenge it is when students start changing their, uh, uh, you know, start changing their goals? Changing, well, changing their goals or changing their major? Changing their major, let's put it that way. Okay, so if if a student, I mean, changing your major doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think it could, you have at least uh, up to, in most universities, you have at least up to your sophomore year, the end of your sophomore year, to make a decision about your, your college major. I mean, it's great you go into college knowing that you want to be an engineer or knowing you want to be a biology major or something like that. That's great. If if that's the case, then, you know, more power to you. But uh, many students these days do not know what their major is going to be. And many universities have gotten very wise and and set up programs where you can actually go in as an undeclared student and go in, take your your basic courses, uh, because in college you have to take two years of basic courses in most schools and then two years of, of courses in your major, and so normally you take those two years of, of basic uh, 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 classes first. So it doesn't. What I'm saying is it doesn't have to be an issue uh, as long as at some point before your uh, junior year you decide uh, uh, what your major is going to be. Now that being All said, right. All if, right. if you if you don't decide uh, by your junior year, then you can get into problems and and then. Then, then it could prolong your stay at the university uh, because you'll, you know, you might have taken some classes that are not going to, uh, 
go towards your major and, and, and things like that. So it doesn't need to be an issue, though. Well, great. I tell you what, Mr. McGill, we're about ready to wrap, wrap up this portion of the show. Hold on, we have a call on the line. They just may want to just say hello or just find out where they can get your book. And we want you to be able to uh, tell us where to pick up your book at uh, prior to you leaving this program. All right, great. Good morning, you're on the net. Good morning, caller, you're on the net. Okay, that caller there, maybe they just choose just to listen in. And they do have an option. Callers, you do have an option just to listen in on the show or just to join in the conversation. As I, you call in, they'll, I get a little icon on the switchboard to tell me that you want to join in the conversation. If not, I still see your number on there. So uh, just please enjoy. Do whatever you uh, see fit to do. But thank you for listening in on the program. Now, Mr. McGill, as we get ready to wind down, we please tell us how to um, – get your, uh, your book and the other information we need in the case we want to contact you, sure. our listening audience. Yeah, sure. The book is available at all major wholesalers, including Amazon, um, and uh, 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 it's on Kindle. So if someone, But if someone wants to get the book, uh, the best way to do it is to go to our website, uh, www.finishin4.net. That's finishin4.net. Dot net and you know you go to our website it'll it'll give you direction to either purchase the book on Kindle or purchase the hard copy of the book um, either way uh, you're able to get uh, uh, get the book and uh, it's 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 a very attractive book so if you do purchase it I think you'll be very happy with the way it looks and the way it's laid out we've spent a lot of time and a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that the that the book looks good, so uh, I think most people will be very impressed with uh, with the layout of the book and 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 uh, the covers and the pictures and that kind of thing. But again, it's finishing4.net, dot net, and uh, it's also available on Amazon and uh, at all major wholesalers. Well, great. Well, thank you very much. You've been a great guest. Thank you, Joe. It's been great uh, being on your program. I really do enjoy it. Thank you so much. God bless you, and have a great day. You too, sir. Amen. You had just finished listening to Mr. Miguel, an author and motivational speaker, wrote a a book, a how-to book, How to Finish College in Four, and we want to thank him for that. Uh, for his willingness to be on the show, and we know that that book will make a difference in the life of our young people as they are developing a sense of of awareness and that they developing a desire to be successful in life. And Mr. Miguel have poured out his knowledge and his understanding of the system to share with our young people. So if you have an opportunity, please pick that book up. He told you where you're able to where you're able to get it. And if you have a problem finding, it, please. Uh, uh, give me a call at this number, 310-982-4126, and i give you the information that Ms. McGill has shared with me. Amen. So we get ready to bring in our next guest here, and we're excited about what's going on here. We have another young man that's working in the ministry, and you know our ministry is geared up towards our young people. And so what we like to do here is just bring in someone that's dealing in the ministry. Amen. And so we're going to bring them on, and they're going to come in, and they're going to share what God is doing in their lives, amen. But again, uh, I'd like to say hello to uh, uh, our staff over at Granny's Place, uh, Beverly Beal and Sister LaShondra Lewis, how they're working very hard in the ministry uh, to make a difference in the lives of our young people. And also, I'd like to say hello to our outreach ministry team. Last weekend, we were able to go down to Dallas Life Foundation. And, you know, that's a shelter near downtown Dallas, Texas, and we were able to do our annual lunch, and it was called Feed the Multitude. Oh, man, God bless us. We did our show live from down there. And so everyone was excited about what was going on. And so we were excited about about what God is doing. And we have our next guest that's coming on the line here. We're calling them up right now. You may hear the phone ringing here. So please be, be, be patient. You're going to be excited about this guest here. He's considered to be a good, good friend of mine. Good morning, you're on the net. Yes, good morning, you're on the net. I'm doing great, Mike. How you doing? Oh, just sitting here waiting for you to call. 
<laughs> well, thank you, my brother. Thank you. Mike, uh, you know, we're on the net right now, so I want to thank you for being a guest on our weekly Internet program. Our show is geared up towards our young people, and I know that you have a desire and you have a willingness to work with our young people. Yes, sir. Now, now tell us, Mike, introduce yourself and tell us what portion of the ministry that you're involved in to help our young men and women. Well, my name's Mike. I grew up in Garland, Texas. I've lived in Garland all my life. My wife grew up in Garland, lived in Texas all her life, Garland, Texas. Um, I do the jail ministry. I do the juvenile. I didn't, I kind of was having a hard, I used to do the bus ministry before I did this. So I had a hard time getting around because I had surgery on both my hips, so I'm a hemophiliac, and I couldn't do that anymore. So one of the older guys at church asked me to go do this with him, and I didn't think I'd like it at first. But when I went down there, I just kept going. I, it, it grows on you. you. You come to like the kids. The kids are responsive. You think you're going down there to see a bunch of criminal kids. They're not really that. They're just kids that... A lot of my, I don't know where they're at in their life or what's happening to them, but I do know I can look in their eyes, and most of them aren't people that are like killers or something. You know what I'm trying to say? Right, they're I understand. Kids. And uh, they're pretty responsive when you talk to them. And, that's, and when I was younger, I wound up in a lot of trouble like they do and what they're getting into, and I try to talk to them about where that leads. And I hope that they hear something that, make them think about it maybe um, you know some someday if they don't get it that at that time you don't know how the world works he may work right then it may be years before they remember something i remember things that the people at church told me when i was a kid a lot of years later that didn't affect me right then and i'm hoping that it, what we say when we go down there uh, you know has an effect on and and changes their life some way I know God works in funny ways I don't understand. Yes, he does. And, Mike, you know, I, I have a sense uh, that it does work in their life, man, because, man, you're able to go down there, and I see the excitement on the young men's faces, man, when you're sharing the gospel with them. So it makes a difference. It does. And, uh, you know, we're losing by the men getting older and actually dying. The number of men are going to the jailhouse. There's not as many of them as when I first started. There was about three, two or three times more men and women going down there than there are now. And we're getting smaller and smaller, and uh, I'm hoping more people will take an interest in that. And, and you know, Mike, and you're so right. You're so right because there is a great need for volunteers to come down there because our young people, they're they're looking for something, and you know the world offer them things that are that are devastating, things that's going to uh, ruin them for the rest of their life, man. But if we go down there and share the gospel, and we're not so much preaching to them, but we're trying to encourage them to be all they could be in Christ Jesus. That's true. I talk to them. I try to get a, a lot of times a two-way dialogue going, and uh, you'd be surprised some of the questions some of those young guys will ask you. Um, I'm not a great scholar, but some of the stuff they ask me can stump me pretty good, and I do have to. I try to prepare a little bit of a lesson from the Bible before I go in there. And I, I like to. One of the things I used, used to do when I first went in there because I wasn't good at this, I'm, I would read the first chapter out of Proverbs and talk to them about wisdom and knowledge and what I didn't have when I was their age. And then I try to tell them what the Bible is. It's a history book of the. the Middle East over there, and it's, it's, it's not only that, it's God's Word, and they can learn a lot from it, that Proverbs is just the beginning, and then, you know, of course you have Romans and stuff that you can talk to them about. Um, when you first start, you go in there, and they usually have the TV on. <laughs> you can tell they don't want to turn the TV off, but once the TV gets off, they open up pretty quick when they hear what you're going to talk about. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And uh, and Mike, and you so uh, and you so on point on that there because as we go in there, the kids are normally and they wreck, you know, into wreck hour. But the officers and the system are willing to stop what they're doing and let us share with their young men. And the young men are eager for it. We never have a the uh, uh, well, not very often will they complain, you know. So they're looking forward to that portion of the uh, the day, 
you know, and, and it's someone that's have a sense of, hey, I care about you. It isn't just a job. It's just that I care. And they can earnestly hear that in our voice, in the voices of the volunteers that come down there. Yeah, when I go in there, the first thing I open with is I tell them that I'm not here. I don't work for the state or the county. The only purpose I'm there for is to tell them about Jesus Christ. And the reason I'm here is because Jesus Christ had a great effect on my life. And... Uh, I'll start with that, and that that usually opens them up because they know that, you know, you're not there for any other purpose. Um, I, it, I, I just can't tell you how much the kids will listen if you'll go in there. You're so right. Now, now Mike, how long have you been doing this? It's been about two years now. I had, uh, it's a bit longer than that. I had a little bit of a bleed for a while. I was out for about six months because I'm a hemophiliac because we like I told you earlier, I can't get around as good as I used to could, but it's been a little over two years. That's great. And, uh, That's great. And, and you know, Mike, as you go, I, I, you know, I, I have an opportunity to work with you, man. It's been a blessing, man. And I really enjoy your uh, your willingness and your desire and how upbeat you are. And, Mister, you going through some things, but you never let that hinder you from going. You know, uh, even though you have your own issue, but you still have a desire to go down there and talk to our young men. And that's a blessing, brother. Yeah, and you you can really meet some good people when you do this. I met you. And you know some of the guys we meet there, they're from all types of walks of stuff. You know, yes, they are. They do all different things in life. And uh, there's some really interesting men that do this and women that do this. We need a lot yeah. more women. You know, We're down to about two now, women. I know, I know. And you know what? As you talk about interesting people, I think about the Huns, you know, the Orion couple. And one of them is an engineer out at, at TI, a monster, one of the big uh, electronic firms. You know, he writes a program and design IC chips, but he's willing to give back. And then we have some people just just retired. You know, they at the point in their life that they, you know, that they can just sit back and relax. But they said, no, I'm gonna go out here to the jails and the juveniles, and, and I'm gonna share with the young men my knowledge. And and Mike, and as you were talking about this, how you say you had just started and you don't feel like that you have enough, uh, you know, that you don't know uh, what you're doing very well. And that's the key to being a volunteer, man. We don't have to know a whole lot. No, I, 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 they've never treated me like a, in there that I don't know anything. It, it, you get a rapport with them, and they know basically if you're sincere. They, they're respectful kids. They have been respectful to me. I've walked in there a couple of times when there's been scuffling going on, and I'd pray, and it would stop. It's only been two times since I've been doing this. And then <laughs> I when remember I you shared that with me. They would start back up. They One time they asked me and Monroe to go back in there and talk to them because they couldn't settle them down. So uh, funny things happen in there, but I've never seen anybody hurt. The guards are good people. The place is a very clean facility. I wouldn't want to be in there, but if I had to be locked up, you know, they take care of the kids good in there. You know, yes, um, they do, and, and and the kids have a sense of knowing that they've been taken care of because out in the world when they think and they are back in their own environment, the things that they're accustomed to, they know how hard it is and how people are just you know out for their own interest. But in there, they have a sense of hey, somebody care. I even share with those guys, and you do too, probably from time to time, that even though the guards are telling them and and seem like they do you know being uh, uh kind of hard on them because of the environment, but it's for their betterment. Ain't nobody beating them, but they tell them mentally, hey, man, you need to straighten up. You need to do the right thing. Yeah, well, you know, it's just like raising kids, and that's what they're doing. They're in there raising kids sometimes, and it's a bad thing that some of these kids don't really have parents that will do that. There's going to be kids like that in there. And you can sense when you're in there, some of the kids aren't always street kids are in there. You can tell that they've been raised with, uh, you know, with with a little bit of money in their life, and then there's others that you can tell. Uh, I've been in there and seen, you know, you're observing what these kids are going through if you pay attention, and I've talked to them and sometimes ask me to pray for them. And there was one kid, he was he had to be 15 years old, and that kid had needle marks on his arms that were about an inch long. I, he, they must have just brought him in because I'd never seen him before previously, but I've seen him there several times since. So the last time I seen him, he was looking a lot better. And and the kid was really responsive. He started asking questions. I, I I did realize, and I did talk to him. And you can't get really close to these kids. And there's a purpose why you can't. You just tell the gospel, and pray for them, because they don't yes, have exactly. contact with them when you leave there. 
because there's too many predators in this world. But, you know, I, I told the young boy in a quiet way, I said, God didn't make you for this. And he looked in my eyes. He knew what I was talking about, and we had a rapport going on from there. And I see him, you know, I've seen him three times. And each time he's, he does, he looks like he's doing better. And I pray for him at night, and I hope he doesn't wind up back in the same trouble when he leaves there. Oh, Mike, that's powerful. That's powerful. And, you know, and, and I'm glad you told that portion of the story because as people go down there, they think it doesn't make a difference, it doesn't change the life of someone. But it does. Just that little act of kindness, man, it goes a long way. You know, uh, occasionally I give out Bibles to our young people over at another juvenile facility, the little pocket Bibles. And one day I was at a grocery store, and a young man was bagging up my groceries. And he said, I've I seen you before. And I said, well, I come to this store occasionally. He said, no, nah, I've seen you somewhere else. And he said, oh, yeah. And he pulled, reached in his back pocket and pulled out a little Bible. And he said, oh, you're the Bible, man. <laughs> and I said, man, it, it makes a difference, you know. Because what we're doing, it makes a difference in the lives of our young men and women. The same thing happened to me and my wife at Kroger. We were standing up there where you get checks, cash, and money orders and stuff. And this young kid comes, he's got his grandmother with him. He, says, uh, he started talking to me. And he said, I remember you. And I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know what his grandmother knew was going on. I said, I'm pretty sure I know where you're from. And he, said, he looked at me and grinned. He said, yeah, but, you know, you told us to go to church. And he had started going to church at Rogers Baptist Church out here in Garland. And a lot of young men we talk to, you know, basically don't live in the Garland area, but sometimes you'll see kids that live out in this area. It seems like the biggest concentration of them are right there around uh, Pleasant Grove, South Dallas, Oak Cliff, and those areas like that, and the, and the bigger city part of Dallas. You're but so right. There's a lot of kids that come to there from these suburbs, too, because it is a county institution. Yep. Hey, Mike, I'll tell you what, hold on just a second. We're going to stop here for a little promo, and then we're going to bring you right back, okay? Yes, sir. Hey, Amen. Uh, we're going to do this little promo. Okay. Uh, you're listening to Free on the Inside, and our guest this morning is Mike. and uh, He's a volunteer down at one of our juvenile centers here, and he's sharing with us the, uh, the uh, what a joy and a blessing it is to be able to uh, go to our young men and be able to encourage them. We're not preaching to them, but we're encouraging them. And you are listening to... Good morning. My name is Gray Bunn, and I am 11 years old. You're listening to Free on the Inside, my papa, Diggie Joe Lewis. And as uh, young Gregory Boston said, you are listening to Free on the Inside, the Internet program to encourage you and challenge you to be all you can be. This morning we have a great guest on this morning, Mike. He's a volunteer over at one of our juvenile centers, and he's telling you the importance of it is to give it back. He's telling you the importance of it is to share with our young people. He's telling you the importance of it is that it makes a difference in the life of a young man. You just heard a, a testimony from Mike at how he met a young man and that uh, got out and he listened to him, even though we never know the people that we talk to, but the young man took it to heart, and he's trying to do the right thing. There's many, many stories like that. And we also have a call-in number at 310-982-4126, and that's a call-in number where you too can join in the conversation. We do have a caller that's online right now. Caller, are you there? Yes, sir. We have a call on the Good line. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Great, great, great. This is Pastor and First Lady Anderson. And we yeah, just want to let you know we're on the line listening in and enjoying the show. Well, God bless you. We try to get to you earlier, but we miss you. But thank you for holding on. Oh, yeah, that's quite all right. We're just listening uh, in uh, and letting you know that there is support out here in the listening audience. It's so right. Now, do you have any comments regarding what we just discussed? We had the two uh, guests on this morning, but our last guest is Mike. He's a volunteer at the Juvenile Center. Do you have any thoughts or comments regarding that before we let you go? I have thoughts and comments on the first interview with Mr. Miguel. I think that's an awesome idea, finishing it in four. It sounded like the book is going to be is very informative, and it is a needed thing because, as he stated, when he went to school that, you know, his family, his parents 
wasn't able to help him and he didn't have a mentor, but to, for him to take on that passion and put it in book form, I think that would be a plus for not just the children, but for adults returning to schools such as myself. And with uh, Brother Mike, I think it's such a joy that when he was asked to go, he wasn't for sure if he was going to like it, but out of obedience, he went and he sees that he likes it. And two years later, he's still on the battlefield working with the youth of today. And I just think that is awesome. And I just thank the Lord and I just pray his strength in God as he continues to go and encourage the future of tomorrow. Oh, God bless you, though, First Lady Henderson. And tell your husband I said hello. We were looking forward to him coming on this morning. But thank you all very much for continuing to support this show. And we're going to bring our guests back in before we end this show here. But thank you again for listening to the show, and we're looking forward to talking with you later. Yeah, I just want you to know I'm always on that list, Brother Joe. <laughs> well, well, God bless and, and you, though, you, You never know who's uh, watching you and stuff, because when that, you said that young man called you, oh, I remember you, you the Bible man. <laughs> they'll give us all kind of names, which they're good names. <laughs> you know, so Bible man, you keep this up. <laughs> well, God bless you there, Rev. Thank you for your support. And, uh, and thank you all for uh, last week. Uh, we're going to sh- uh, share some more of that with our listeners right, before we go. But it went great. And thank you all for everything you do. And uh, I could never thank you enough. But God knows. God knows. Oh, yes. Amen. And so as we get ready to wind down, we're going to bring our guests back in. But y'all hold on, okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mike, are you still there? Yes, sir. Yeah, great. Thank you, Mike. We had a couple of callers that are, uh, they are supporters of this here show here, and they have been very valuable and very important to this here program because they keep us going here, them and a lot of other listeners also. And also you too, Mike. We want to thank you for being a part of our, our programming this morning. Man, you're, you're part of the family now, Mike. You're part of our Internet family, so we thank you. And, you know, as me and you was talking, you said, you said, Brother Lewis, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I got enough in me. Mike, you got enough in you, man. I'm telling you now, you got enough. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, it, it, you know what, and this show is getting ready to wind down. But you know what, there's still so much more we could talk about. But, Mike, before we go, I want you to share with our audience the best that you can uh, and the best way you can. The importance it is to give back, man. It don't do us any good to, you know, to, uh, uh, to do the things we do and don't give back. I'm going to say it that way. That's right, and you know, it, it, I heard this when I was younger, and I, I kind of blew it off. But this is the next generation. This is what America's going to be made out of. Is these people right here, these kids, and that lady that called. The, these guys that are mentors out there are more important than we are because that's where the rubber really meets the road. They get to see people in real life that will mentor these kids and spend time with them. And show them that they can make it through life and God will bless them. And they don't have to sell drugs or get into gambling or sex or anything to make any money. Uh, there's, there's, God will protect them and take care of them. Because they watch these men that are around them and they see that their lives are protected and they can make a living. And, and the kids need some hope. There's a lot of kids are all across the board, even adults today, are unemployed. And it scares me what I see happening in our country. And... Uh, our institutions are filling up, and uh, our country, it, it starts with each one of us. And if we have a broad change in this country, politicians aren't going to fix this country. This country is going to be blessed just like Israel was when we turned back to God. Yeah, you're so right. You're so that. right. Yeah. Hey, Mike, thank you very much, man. You you have been a blessing to this program. I enjoy working with you in the ministry. And, uh, you know, as we go down there, we never know uh uh, how it's going to be set up, but we know that God goes before us and he prepares us. And those young men, man, we may not ever get to meet them but that one time, but we pray that God give us the words to, to kind of touch their life and kind of set them on a new path in life, let them know that they're they're above the situation, let them know that they have a future. Brother, I thank you, man. I thank you for, for doing what you do because it encouraged me, man. It encouraged me to keep coming out because of people like you and the other volunteers that pour themselves in 
into uh, into ministry and poured himself into the building up of our young men and women. So, again, thank you for being a guest on the show. And, Mike, we would love to have you to come back at a later date. All right. Thank you a lot. Well, God bless you. You have a great day. I look forward to working with you in two weeks, okay, because we'll be big down there again. We'll see you down there. All right. Have a great day, okay? Bye-bye. Oh, great. What a great interview we had uh, with Mike. We wanted to volunteer that one of our juvenile centers there. And Mike have a passion and desire to see our young people be successful in life. As we get ready to wind down this program, we still have the Hendersons that's on hold. We're going to try to bring them back in before we wrap up this program. Again, we'd just like to thank all our volunteers for last week out in down at Dallas Life, feeding the multitude. We had a great time down there. The menu was great. And the uh, volunteers done a fantastic job. And the staff, we want to thank the staff for allowing us to come in and do our weekly Internet program from down there. And also for some of the residents that came on and shared with us how important it is for ministries to come down there and to uh, uh, work beside the uh, uh, the, uh, residents and to show love for the residents. It makes a difference. And we we had some guests on the show last week that had went through the program, and now they're working at Dallas Life. They're giving back. And I love that giving back because if it had not been for God on my side and someone telling me that when I get out of my situation, I ought to give back. And at the time, I didn't know what they meant. But now I have a sense that God was up to something. And so as we always say, God, open our eyes that we can hear. Open our ears that we can see. God, make us the person that you want us to be. And we want to uh, thank all our listening audience. We want to thank our supporters, Sister Beverly Beasley. Thank you for very much. Also, Richard Terry over at Free Will Baptist Church, where we host our bi-weekly computer training class, and we're doing a great job over there. We're excited about what God is doing in the life of our young people. But as we get ready to wind down this show, we're going to bring the Hensons back on just for a, a last remark. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You're on the net. Yes, well, yes. I would like for y'all to just give us, uh, you know, uh, the last words regarding this here program here because I want to thank you for just, you know, just having a willingness to uh, make yourself available. Well, yes, sir, Brother Joe. We we just believe in what God is doing, excuse me, with free on the inside and with the man of God such as yourself with the willingness and the passion as well as the compassion that you have for God's people, it has inspired us, and it also is something that we look forward to tuning into on Saturday morning. So we appreciate your willingness to take on the task to be over and to be the host of Free on the Inside. So we just thank God for you. Well, God bless you. Thank you very much, and thank you again for being on here and uh, just listening, you know, because we our desires that we have something worth listening to, our desires that we make a difference. I'm talking about ministry, not me personally, but ministries that makes a difference in the lives of, our, of the people that it encounter because it, it touched my life. And thank God for someone sharing with me. Reverend Henderson. As we get ready to pause here, please say something and and close us out with a word of prayer. we got a minute to go, so please uh, share a word of prayer with us, and we're going to be dismissed. Well, I I just really want to say you do this like you was born to do this here. And it just sounds so real to hear you on this radio like, oh, man, you just jump up and and do it. And I, I get a thrill out of it because... For a man of your integrity, you you just wake up and roll out and you ready. So I thank God for that. And you encourage us to to just be ready to wake up on Saturday morning to hear Love Talk Radio free on the inside. So God, <laughs> God bless, bless you. you. Now, we are there, sir. God bless you, though, Rem. God bless you. And, and, and we have a word of prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we come this morning thanking you for uh, a God wanting a man to be able to roll out any time of the day to do what he has to do for the Lord. We ask that you strengthen him now where he's weak and build him up where he's torn down. We ask that you continue to touch him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. Crown him with wisdom, knowledge, 
and understanding of his job. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you until next time. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. God yeah, bless I have- you.